Well, this Sunday does indeed mark our third Sunday in Advent. Again, from ancient times, Christians have anticipated the celebration of Christmas with this season of Advent, a season of hope and expectation. For Advent is a time for remembering and preparing, for walking in the old steps of time past and keeping the fire burning as we look forward to the coming again of our Lord Jesus. And year after year during this season, we set aside time to remember and to anticipate our King to be filled with peace and love and the wonder of God becoming one of us. And each week we light that candle, representing the hope, joy, peace, and love with the Christ candle in the middle that we'll light on Christmas Eve and Christmas. And this Sunday, we've lit the candle of joy, representing the joy we have at the good news that our Savior is born. And with only a few weeks left before Christmas, so I hope you got it all wrapped up and ready to go, we continue to read about the coming of Jesus. We'll be reading scriptures that prophesy His coming, all the things that God has promised to bring to us in His Son, all the way up to the shepherds and the angels and our dear Savior's birth. And as we simultaneously celebrate Jesus' coming at Christmas, like I said, we wait for His return. But we don't just remember that He came, but the why that He came, to bring hope peace, love, and joy. That is the heart of Advent, that our Lord Jesus, God himself, has come to be with us. So let's break into the text today. If you got your Bibles, we're looking at Zephaniah chapter 3. I'm going to start here at verse 14. This is from the prophet Zephaniah. Sing, daughter Zion, shout aloud, Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear, Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. I will remove from all who mourn over the loss of your appointed festivals, which is a burden of reproach for you. And at that time, I will deal with all who oppressed you. I will rescue the lame. I will gather the exiles. I will give them praise and honor in every land where they have suffered shame. At that time, I will gather you. At that time, I will bring you home. I will give you honor and praise among the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your very eyes, says the Lord. Our text today sets the tone for our joy. I mean, look here in verses 14 through 16. Sing aloud, be glad, rejoice, sing, shout. The prophet is telling us and is piling on the exhortations to celebrate that our whole heart needs to be filled with joy. Why? Because the Lord has forgiven and pardoned the sins of his people. He has set us free And in light of this glorious promise that he gives of restoration, we are called to shout out and sing with joy. God, our God, has taken away our iniquities, our shame, our guilt, and not only that, but has turned away our enemies. Friends, I don't know about you, but it's very hard for me sometimes to think, how do I belong? How how am I God's? I look at my life and my failures. How can I be his? The things that I say I want to do, I end up not doing. The very good choices that I know in my heart I should make, when it comes time to do them, I don't. And yet here is the promise 
I'm not supposed to be afraid or, or filled with shame and guilt, but rather I am to be rejoicing because the Lord has taken away my iniquity, my shame, and my guilt, and not only that, has turned away the enemies, the enemies of my mind and the things of this world that would seek to separate us, to separate us from God. But we talked about the Apostle Paul when Mike got baptized. We talk about him again. What did he write? Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Friends, everything that would separate us from God has been turned away. And all that remains is the restored relationship that we have with Jesus. We have and celebrate God with us. That's why when they prophesied, they said, call him Emmanuel, call him God with you. It was why he was given the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. It's why he's given the name King, because he has defeated our enemies, even the enemy of death. Our text today is nothing but pure good news and joy fulfilled in Jesus Christ and given to us through his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, his reign as king. And so we are called to sing and fear not. The same call that everyone who encounters the presence of the Lord hears, whether it's going to be Zechariah as they look, or Mary, or the shepherds, they will say, fear not. Fear not because the King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. We have been given a King, a Savior, who doesn't leave us, but dwells alongside us, calls us each by name. The child born, word made flesh, promise here. You see it in John 14. He has promised not to leave us as orphans, but has given us his very spirit to fill us, to rest in us. Has given us his word, his promises, his sacraments, this community. We have been given so much and have had so much done for us that the only response that we can do to that is joy. Called to look forward, not in fear, but in hope. Called to live, not in fear, but in confidence, in courage, and abiding in peace with our Lord. And when our hearts get all tangled by the words and the lies and the pain, your God promises you peace, a peace that passes all understanding, that will transcend your heart and mind and is given from Him alone allows you to see beyond what your eyes can see, to hear beyond what the world would tell you. Your God dwells with you, abides with you, rests with you. And in Him we find joy and peace and holy melodies. His love is unconditional, has made you children, so that on the days that you falter or run from Him, He brings you back with His promise that I am with you. Pure good news. Do not fear Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. This mighty Lord of love is for you. We will not
not become weak. We will not become weary in our service for him because his spirit enables us to drive out fear. What did we just think? He makes a way. You can't see the plan. You're scrolling around and all you see is not much good. There are plenty of ways to let fear get a foothold in your life. But you are called to never fear. Friends, that's not chastisement. Sometimes I read, don't fear, and it sounds like another task that I got to put on the to-do list. How am I going to do that? That's not a task. It's a promise. You are given a promise that it will be done for you. God himself will forgive your iniquity and turn away your enemy. So we lift up those weary hands in praise. We clasp them together in prayer and we open them up in service and love to one another and find the joy that the Lord, the creator of the universe, is inviting us to experience as we rest and abide in him. And then look, the image is going to shift here in verse 17. From a God who pardons you and God who is king to a God who is fighting for you, the mighty warrior, the savior who rescues you from your enemies. And once again, see it? He is with you. It's amazing that some of the same words for rejoicing are coming up again. But this time, can you catch it? Who's the subject of the one rejoicing? That's a grammar word. I didn't even know I had to look that up. Turns out it's God. Human beings aren't the only ones who are filled with joy. God is bursting with singing. Why? Because the relationship has been restored. We are His and His alone. In the last few verses, look, it's going to shift again. It's going to go from God who is King and has pardoned our sin to God who is the warrior to now God who is the shepherd. In verses 19, promises them and us that he gives us a name, changes everything that is shameful and turns it into praise so that everyone can bear witness to what God has done. For it is our God who promises to what? Encourage the discouraged, to defeat the enemies, to heal the lame, to gather us all from the scattered places of life. Pure good news, united and connected to Jesus for all eternity. All three of these images paint this beautiful picture of our God, do they not? Shepherd, warrior, king. But I want to go back to that one from verse 17, the one that depicts God as the one who bursts into song. You know, too often we don't think about the joy that God has in us. Too often we think that God is just maybe annoyed with us or irritated with us or God's deciding whether to swipe right or left on us. <laughs> Look at this in verse 17. The Lord your God is with you. Think of the creator of the universe singing. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, singing over us the redeemed. God is so happy in love, which he bears to us, that he breaks that eternal silence. Sun and moon and stars are astonished because they hear God singing. You know, he did not sing when he made the world. He looked upon it and simply said that it was good. The angels sang. Mankind rejoiced. Creation was wonderful to them. But to God, he just simply spoke. He could have made thousands of worlds by his mere will. 
creation doesn't make him sing, yet in the salvation that has come through Jesus Christ, in the baptism, when seeing the redeemed, he is full of joy and God himself sings. When we stand and confess that we are his, he sings. Because that separation that occurred in the Garden of Eden is done away with on account of Christ Jesus. Friends, you can look up the Hebrew here. This kind of joy in singing is not quiet or dignified, worrying if the person next to you hears you singing. This Hebrew word is used for great jubilation. The Lord rejoices over his beloved, over his people. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, as David danced in the front of the Ark of the Covenant. We got children here. It's not appropriate to tell you how he danced, but you can Google it. This joy, friends, is not one-sided. It's simply God's people going like, hey, yeah, we sing for God. God sings for us. He is not an unmovable God or a God who just kind of created the world and then stepped away. He's involved. That is the heart of Advent, the joy of Advent, that God has come and that God is with us, that he has entered into human flesh in the mystery and wonder of the birth of of Mary's son, this Sunday, and every day moving forward, we speak of joy, the joy of us, the people who have been redeemed and restored, but also because God is deeply invested in us, singing, shouting, rejoicing, joining in on the celebration. So I want you to hear these truths one more time today. Friends, the Lord is in your midst. He is with you. Whatever you are going through, He is right there with you. Has seen before it has come, has seen how it will end, and has promised to be with you. Because He is in your midst with the power to save. Hear that the Lord takes joy in you that he looks at you and smiles, that he loves you, that he gives you the rest you need. And you better believe that he sings over you. Now, the text doesn't necessarily imply this, so this is me taking a step back. But I think there's also another type of singing that he does over us. Yeah, he's singing like unashamed karaoke singing over you. He loves you. But I think there's another type of singing that he does too, the kind that a, a parent does for their child when they pick them right up in their arms, look right at them, holding them close, singing them so that they can experience that peace, that rest, that love. Friends, your God sings over you.